Now, time for McNamara on Money, sponsored by McNamara Financial Services. It's your lucky day. You get two advisors for the price of one. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed. And this is Kirk Reed. With McNamara Financial, your hosts for today's episode of McNamara on Money on 95.9 WATD. Alyssa and I are both certified financial planner practitioners, fiduciaries, and co-owners of McNamara Financial Services with offices in Marshfield and Chelmsford. McNamara Financial is an independent, fee-only, federally registered investment advisor. We work with clients like you every day, people that need help making sound financial decisions and people looking to check investment management off their list of things to worry about. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. You can join us on air at 781-837-4900. Alyssa and I spend plenty of time together, and we're happy to chat with somebody else. Any advice we give is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with your own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to, regardless of their level of income, assets, or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. My father likes to remind me that it's a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. That is why Kirk and I invite guests onto our show that have expertise in different areas of personal finance. We feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial, any of its advisors, or 95.9 WATD. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you find the show helpful and informative. Give us a call at the studio, 781-837-4900. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show on 95.9 WATD. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. I think our new intro sounded pretty good. Hope you enjoyed that. We needed to we needed to freshen that up, and Kirk and I needed to record one together since our time on the air uh, as co-hosts together has been more and more frequent. Uh, so good morning. So joining me this morning is my husband Kirk Reed, and then we have a couple. Uh, special guests later, briefly, uh, later in the show. I hope everyone, uh, we are going to play, oh, just so everybody knows, we are going to be playing the weather in between the breaks of today's show just so that we can get um, updates on the storm. I haven't, I literally haven't even heard one update other than just people uh, whispering about snow coming, I guess, tonight, right? Later tonight or? Yep, should be uh, kicking in between 7 and 9 p.m. Oh, okay, good. Yep. I love a good snowstorm. Bring it on. <laughs> Um, I guess I'll go get some gas for yeah, the uh, for snowblower. The snowblower. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. have, I know we have rock salt, so we're good there. Yeah. I have to go find Do you have your bread and milk? <laughs> Always, <laughs> Don't forget Tim. the bread and milk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't have either of those things, Tim, uh, on my diet. Oh, oh yeah. Kirk is on. Well, have some, uh, have some almond milk. Uh, a little bit, yeah. That's okay. okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Kirk is on. Let's not call it a diet. Let's call it a healthy eating initiative. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't like to use the word diet in front of the girls. I don't think that that gives them a good. I don't know. I, I we like to, I like to say that it's daddy's just trying to eat healthier. And mm-hmm. last night uh, my so hopefully you can see a little bit less of him. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. Yeah. Last night our six year old daughter, Kirk had said something about you did say my diet, and I was like, oh, it's dad's daddy's just making an effort to eat healthier, and our six year old said, 
is daddy on a diet because you told him to be on a diet because you're the boss? (laughs) And her reasoning was because you're the boss of the house. Oh, oh. (laughs) And I was like, well, (laughs) I am the boss of the house. But in this instance, we were pretty sure that Kirk made the decision on his own, but Kirk couldn't quite remember. So maybe it was my (laughs) idea. Anyway, um, okay, good morning, everyone. You are listening to a financial talk radio show. We are going to be chatting this morning. Um, we're, the topic for today was the Smart With Money Fair that we host for um, Marshfield High School seniors. That's coming up in about a week and a half. We've talked about this on the air. Um, this is our sixth year hosting that event and our co- or co-hosting with Marshfield High School. Um, and we've talked about it many times. We'll quickly go over... Uh, how the fair works and the intent behind it. But what I really wanted to focus today's show on is sort of like the themes that we pull from the fair or the um, the learning objectives that we are trying to um, impress upon the students. And so I guess bigger big picture, what we think that they should know in the world of personal finance. And these are themes that we I'm pulling for high school seniors, but these are really... Uh, very broad-reaching themes and sort of apply to um, anyone regardless of age or circumstance. So I thought that would be a more appropriate, um, that that would be more appropriate content for today because it's it's more broadly, uh, it's more broadly appropriate, I guess, regardless of uh, age or, or um, situation in life. So um, the Smart With Money Fair for 2019 is open to all Marshfield High School seniors. I believe right now we have like 317 seniors registered for the fair. Maybe someone, you know, sickness. We always have, um, you know, people get sick or, or can't make it for whatever reason. So maybe we'll have around 300 kids show up, which is great. I don't know the exact high size of the senior class at Marshfield High. Maybe it's 350 or yeah, something in that range. But I think we have a really high percentage of the seniors at least registered and hopefully um, will show up, which is great. When we first started the fair, we started it for just the students uh, enrolled in a business class. So it was a much smaller group. I think our first fair in 2014 was like 80 or 90 kids. So now we're going to have 300. So it's awesome. It's great that it's grown. And um, and the idea was always to make it available to en- anyone who graduates from Marshfield High. So we, we are finally reaching that goal, which is awesome. Um, the Really, the intent, very simplistically stated, is to give students an idea of, <clears throat> excuse me, um, how expensive life is and the things that they need to know as they become independent from their parents, at least at least with regards to uh, finance, and really impress upon them um, what being smart with money is or what are good uh, financial decisions that they should start making early in their life and, and hopefully they continue with those habits throughout the course of their life as they get older and, and I think financial success stems from making smart financial decisions largely. I think sometimes people get lucky and just make lots of money or inherit lots of money but uh, for the vast majority of people um, your financial behavior will control your future success and finance. So um, that's the idea behind the fair. Um, Logistically speaking, what will happen is the students will enter the fair having chosen a a career field of interest. They do that in advance when they register. We assign them a annual salary. That's what we think, you know, roughly what a 25-year-old would make. So we're kind of fast-forwarding them and that we're assuming that they're uh, 25 uh, if they go to college, likely out of college and financially independent. 
hopefully, and we're, so we're fast, fast, sort of fast tracking them a little bit. Um, we get we assign them a salary that we think is roughly appropriate based on their field of study in this area of the world. Um, and they walk in with a budgeting worksheet and they have to circulate through all the tables at the fair and spend their hypothetical money. We help them, you know, we take out taxes for them and we make them visit all these different um, tables from mortgage and housing to, you know, buying a car to buying your clothes to uh, buying food and, and, and everything in between. So we're going to sort of go through... As the show progresses today, we're going to go through the different tables that they'll visit and talk about the learning objectives at each table. Um, but that's how it works. If anyone has questions, this is a call and talk radio show, 781-837-4900. Are, um, we, are we still looking for volunteers or are we good in that department? For, for the, the money fair? I think we actually have plenty of volunteers, okay. which has been awesome. We've had a lot of people in the community step up and say that they could be there for the day and I think we I want to say we have over 40 volunteers um, which are the people that'll that are going to be helping us you know staff these tables and and having the conversations with the students um, and helping them spend that money and helping them make decisions that are appropriate for them given their you know career and level of income and um, and what and their values. So I think we're good there. We've actually had to, I hate to say it, but we've actually had some people step up recently and we've had to turn them away because I don't want people showing up and giving up a day of work and not having much to do. So um, we're pretty good there. So um, if anyone's listening and wants to volunteer for next year, perhaps that would be, that would be great. We actually have a website, smartwithmoneyfair.com. You can actually just right through that website, you can um, send a message that you're interested in volunteering, but it wouldn't be until 2020. Um, all right, so at the very beginning of the Smart With Money Fair, we have all the students come into the auditorium. This year we're hosting the Money Fair at Eastern Nazarene College. Um, it's a, They have a campus in Quincy and they have offered up their space um, for us. One of the business teachers at the high school, Mrs. Stanford, has a relationship with the NC. She's an uh, alumni, and um, I th- and I think her father still has a relationship with the NC or whatever. But but anyway, ENC has graciously offered up their auditorium and student center and several other buildings for us to use for the money fair. I think at no cost, which mm. is incredible. So we're able to keep the cost down um, for the fair, and um, so at the very very beginning we get all the students together in the auditorium and we do introductory comments and we try to keep it. There's so much to go over, but we try to keep it brief so that we can get the day started and they can go through the exercise. They will have had some education in advance of the fair. This is, I think this might be the first or second year when we've sort of form a lot. They've all had some exposure to these concepts before they walk into the fair um, I think in their government and economics class, I want to say, I'm not actually sure about that. Um, but they're going to have some basic education, I think a day or two in class before the fair. But during introductory comments is where I get a chance to speak to all of them at once and impress upon them like the key takeaways or the key learning objectives. So I have boiled it down to five and I, the way that I'm going to the way that I actually presented it last year was I had a PowerPoint and I had some visuals that sort of helped me get these points across and I think that was really helpful. 
Um, but I sort of took the whole fair and boiled it down to what do I really want them to know? Like they, they are gonna be exposed to so much at this money fair and they're not gonna retain everything. But at the very beginning I say, here's what you really need to take away. And so hopefully they bear that in mind as they go through and hopefully by the end of the day, um, they'll at least take away two or three of these five goals. <laughs> so very generally speaking, um, my five key takeaways are spend less than you make, save early and often, um, go through the process of, of setting a goal for yourself, like practice saving for a goal or learn how to save for a goal, I guess. And the fourth one is try to avoid debt when possible. Unnecessary debt, perhaps I'll call it. And, and don't spend money in a vacuum. And I'll, ex I'll explain all these. I, I wanted to spend like the next five or 10 or 15 minutes kind of elaborating on that. And then maybe after the break, we can talk about the themes that we, the, the themes or the learning objectives in all the different areas or all the different tables of the fair. How does that sound to you, Kurt? That sounds great. And uh, <laughs> is there, is there, is part of their school grade dependent upon their performance or? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. When, when we had the fair just for students enrolled in a business class, their part of their grade was dependent on their performance at the fair. Um, and by performance, we mean like, so the students have to number one, circulate through the fair, fill out their budget, make sure all their, you know, they had enough money to spend on all these things. And then they have an interview at the end. They have like a little three to five minute presentation one-on-one -on -one with one of the volunteers at the end where the volunteer gets to ask them some questions. But the point is like making sure that they understood the big picture and, you know, trying to uh, hear or listen to them regarding what they learned, what was difficult, what wasn't difficult, what surprised them, things like that. So I don't know if that's happening I feel this like in year. the past some years that that was true, but I just, yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah, well, so we've had a little bit of a change because this sort of used to be run through the business department, so the business teachers would implement it into their curriculum, but now it's not all seniors are enrolled in a business class, so, but I guess every senior has to take a government and economics class where there is, um, I think, a, a, some component of their curriculum in that class is personal finance. Um, but that's a good question. I didn't specifically ask the school that. It, it's, I mean, one way or another, obviously not we my can, decision. We can, we can ask our guests later. We can ask our guests. They might know. Um, I think having it as part of their grade obviously probably makes makes them take it more seriously, which is nice. Um, but you know what? Even in the past years when I don't think it was a component of their grade, most of them, you know, like it is what you make of it. And a lot of them took it really seriously and you could tell that and they really wanted to learn this stuff. I mean, there's always some that, I don't know, they're having a bad day or they just don't care or they don't think it applies. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you get a mixed bag, but most of the kids that come through take it pretty seriously anyway, which is nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So regarding our key takeaways for the fair, again, I think this, this applies to anyone and you don't have to be a high school senior or a 25 year old for these things to apply to you, which is why I thought it would be good um, content for today. But um, so spend less than you make. Obviously, that's smart financial behavior, but I'm going to elaborate with the students and that like when you're 16 or 17 or 18, you have a part time job. 
you might have, or you're babysitting, or you're mowing lawns, or you have, you have a part-time job at a restaurant or whatever, you might have, you still, even though you might have taxes withheld from your paycheck, it's probably very little, or you don't have any paychecks. Like if you're babysitting, you're not having taxes withheld, <laughs> most likely from your pay. And so I think a lot of students don't, a lot of kids don't really know probably know what taxes are and that it's, you know, I got to pay taxes and it makes my income less, but I don't think they really have a concept of how significant that can be. Um, and so impressing upon them um, how, how large of a percentage of your income taxes can be, I think is really important. And it's especially important if you're like if you're self-employed and you need to be withholding taxes on your own and then paying taxes later, like if it's not just withheld from your paycheck and auto-calculated for you, it's really, really important to understand what percentage you probably need to set aside for taxes so you don't get yourself in trouble and like not have enough money to pay your taxes with. Um, so, you know, we and we, I show that, we put that right on their budgeting worksheet where we'll show them their annual income. We break it down for them monthly and we show them what the deduction for taxes are and the deduction for taxes, the percentage as related to your income or your salary depends on how high your salary is. So the, the students that are have chosen a career where their, their salary might be larger than another one, they're gonna have a larger deduction from their paycheck for taxes. So it is specific, so, so, it is specific. so like if the pe people make more money then they have a higher percentage taken out? Yes. Mm, that's good. Come on, it's like you don't know me at all, Kirk. I'm, I, I'm, you know I love spreadsheeting, yeah. you know I love taxes. Um, yeah, so when I, when I populate the budget worksheets, I, um, I bear in mind the actual tax code, which has now changed. So I'm gonna have to update my spreadsheet for this year, but I do try to make their taxes, federal and state and payroll taxes. Um, I try to make them as accurate as possible. Yeah, Good. and so I, I do like break it down by tax bracket and the, the kids in the higher brackets have a higher deduction based on a percentage of their pay. So yeah, of course I do that, come on. <laughs> I should have known. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so spend less than you make means, you know, you have to pay taxes, so you're spending less than you make gross, but also leaving room for savings. So huge takeaway um, or a huge object, uh, learning objective in my mind is save some money. Don't spend all your money. You need to be able to leave room for yourself to save. You'll, you know, pay yourself first is, you know, what a lot of people will say in the industry. Um, one of the ways that we impress upon them making room for savings is that we force them to go to the retirement savings table and we force them to at least withhold something from their paycheck for retirement savings. So, and that's my booth this year. Is it? I we so. moved you. We used, I, to, we used to put you at transportation. Yeah. Now we put you at retirement savings. I think so. I needed a lot of people at retirement savings because with 300 kids coming through, um, that retirement savings booth is, is complicated. There's a lot of decisions to be made it's, and it's there's a, a lot of math to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so. Um, so good. Well, I'm glad you're there. That's a, that's one of the more challenging tables, and um, students will need more, a lot of help there. Um, so leaving room for savings. And another way that we force the students to understand sa uh, savings is that at the very beginning of the fair, we make them set a savings goal for themselves, which is different from retirement savings. And most, I mean, we have to remember, like, this is our world where we talk every day to people about saving for retirement, but 
you have to kind of step back and say, well, these kids are really 17 or 18 years old. They have no concept. F- retirement is such a foreign concept to them. It's so far away. Um, they, you know, a lot of them might know that they have to do it, but it's like for them to take that really seriously, I think is probably hard. So we make them set another savings goal for themselves that is more, I don't know, tangible. Shorter, or more shorter term. Shorter term, more real life. And that goal can be anything. And we kind of give examples like it could be you're saving for a trip to Europe in three years or you're saving for a down payment on a house. Sorry, am I kicking you under the table? Mm. Um, or we're sa- you're saving. Some of the girls, for example, in the past have saved for their wedding dress. Um, and so we make them set like a really short term, almost like a more fun goal for themselves. And we we make them say, okay, this is how much money you're going to save. They set the period of time that they want to save it in. And, you know, the shorter the period of time, the larger the the amount that they have to save monthly. And so the larger the deduction from their take-home pay. So we want them to see how those things are related. And, and you know, they might find as they go through the exercise that, you know, if they wanted to save for a $5,000 goal in two years, that's a lot hard. It might be a lot harder than it sounds. And they might have to say, you know, I, I can't save for that in two years. It might take me four years because I needed that extra money for whatever, mm-hmm. something else. So I really, I really hope that they see the relationship between um, savings and gratification. Yeah, delayed, Does that make delayed sense? gratification. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good lesson right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So what like my my sec, one of my five key takeaways is is learning about delayed gratification. And also a component of that is like how hard it is to delay gratification, but also how hard it can be to save for a goal. And it's very tempting to just spend money in accrue debt and have that immediate gratification and it's a lot harder to um, save cash and pay for something in cash and delay that gratification. Um um my third out of the, f- well, n- in no particular order, another one of our goals is save early and save often. And I think, can you pull up a, um, we did this in the past. Can you pull up a savings, like a retirement savings calculator? Yeah. And as as you're doing that, this is one of the... Well, I have, I do have like average savings by age up. I don't know if that's where you're going or... What I wanted to show and what I show the students in opening comments is the difference between saving for something over a long period of time mm. and the effects of compounding, inter- compounding interest. Can I use your calculator? Does that work? And the different and saving over a shorter period of time because you don't get the benefit as significant a benefit of, as com- of compounding interest. So I can't remember the numbers I used last year. I was looking for my PowerPoint, but I couldn't find it. I got a new computer, so I couldn't find it. But the exercise was like, let's assume you um, you save $5,000 a year for 40 years. So that's out of pocket. That's uh, $200,000 that you're saving over that 40-year period of time. So... $5,000 a year, 40 years. Let's assu- we'll use the same interest rate. Let's use a 7%, six, or you can even use a lower one, 6% per year interest rate. 6%. Let's use six. Six, yep. 
So two hundred. So over the course of forty years, you put away of your of your money four hundred thousand two hundred. I'm sorry, two hundred thousand dollars. But you did it over forty years. Mm-hmm. So you you saved five thousand dollars a year. Let's assume a six percent interest rate. And what's the future value of so that? So I'm I'm rounding here, but it's uh, seven hundred seventy four thousand dollars. Okay. So over forty years, you tucked away two hundred thousand. And that turned into seven hundred and forty-seven thousand. Seven seven four. Seven hundred and seventy-four thousand. Hypothetical exercise, of course, but just for illustrative purposes. Now let's assume we save that same two hundred thousand dollars over twenty years, which means you're saving. So let's say they for the first twenty years they didn't save anything, and then they were like, "Oh crap, I have to start saving." So they're going to tuck away that same two hundred thousand, which is ten thousand a year for 20 years, and we'll use the same 6%. And what's the future value of that? 368,000. I mean, that right there is incredible to me. And That's like half, it's roughly half. It's roughly half. Almost exactly half. Yeah, so we did a similar exercise in front of the students in the introductory comments last year. And the comments we heard from them at the end when they did their interviews was that that was really impactful. And it, it is. I mean, that's even when you just did it, I was like amazed again that that's you're tucking away the same chunk of money. But what's different in the second exercise where you're saving for half the m- amount of time is that you're foregoing compounding interest, which is earnings on earnings on earnings on earnings. And that is just a really powerful thing long term. So that's it. Like, so what we're illustrating is you start at 25, mm-hmm. you tuck away, we're just, you know, we used 5,000 just because it's easy, an easy number to use, but you, you tuck away, a, if, you, if you can save over 40 years and be consistent, it's a, you could save a, you know, a reasonable amount per year over 40 years. If you d- save nothing for the first 20 and then all of a sudden you're 45 and you haven't really saved anything, not only do you have less time, you have to save more. So that becomes harder to save more. Um, and and that's, I mean, it's staggering that the difference in the future value, even though you're actually spending the same dollars. So that's really powerful. So learning objectives, save early and save often, even if it's a small amount to begin with, compounding interest is so powerful and that exercise proves it perfectly. Gosh, that's just amazing. Every time I do it, I'm like, I can't believe this is true, but it's true. You, so you can play around with the calculator. It's true. Um, I, this, so this is not, I don't think you, this was not one of your five main objectives, but I know it is part of the, part of the learning uh, that they do. You know, you know, is how much they're going to spend on college, or, or how much they're going to have in student loan debts. Um, yeah. Because you know, a big factor in being able to save early is if you have student loan debts. Yeah. And so I think that's a you know that's a you know I think that's a great part you know why that that's a component of this exercise is having yeah. student loan student loan debts and having to pay those down. Sure, not everybody has them. Um, not everybody has the same amount, but for the people that do have a a big loan. It makes it very difficult to save for retirement, you know, in those in those early years because they're working so hard to pay down debt. And so, yeah. it, so I think that's another that you know to me that's another great learning concept for them is seeing how that how that factors into their budget if they have to pay a bunch of student loans yeah. and being able to do these other things that right. we're talking about. Right, right. Uh, I mean, obviously, another one of the takeaways is try to avoid debt. Sometimes debt is unavoidable, like. 
for most people, avoiding a mortgage when you're going to buy a piece of real estate is unavoidable. That's not what we're talking about here. We're, I'm, we try to impress upon them, like try to avoid unnecessary debt or try to avoid high interest rate debt, which, and what I mean by that is credit card debt, which interest rates can be 15, 18, 22%, you know, versus, you know, right now mortgages are in the 5% or less range. Um, and long-term averages for mortgages are probably in that range, if not a touch higher. Um, but yeah, try to avoid unnecessary debt that accrues because of, uh, for immediate, because you had, because you had to have gratification immediately. Like we just talked about, like, and then that and credit card debt is an example of that. Student loan debt. Um, we re we retitled that table this year to managing debt instead of just student loan debt because that's always been hard because we never know which of the students coming through the fair will have student loan debt, you know, which of them um, might get, you know, merit scholarships and grants, which of them might have parents that will pay the full burden or almost the full burden. We, we have no concept of that. And, and, and isn't, isn't an option for them to, to choose uh, like going to the, like the academy or going to like military? We do allow them to choose military as so a, if they think as that that's occupation. if they think that that's something they might want to pursue, then then typically there's you know there's not there's no student loan debt. Right. That, right. You know. Yeah. We. Right. That's always been a guideline that if they're in the military, they don't have student loan debt. But so what we did this year is you know there's always been students in the past that have said, you know if if a student going through this exercise knows that their parents are going to pay for them to go to college, first of all, congratulations. That's wonderful. But if they are randomly assigned, or actually they pick out of a jar, if they pick out of a jar and it says you have $80,000 in student loan debt and they know that they're not really going to, then how seriously are they going to take that, this exercise? So we've tried to address that this year by, they're going to visit a table regarding debt and they're going to pick out of a jar that randomly assigns them an amount of debt, but we're not calling it student loans this year. We're calling it just debt in Gen general, general debt. Okay. and we're going to have a board that says, you know, um, debt will at some point be a part of your life. Here are different types of debts, student loans, credit cards, personal loans from a family member. Um, you know, we have a, we have a separate uh, auto table, but, but a vehicle debt, like, you know, the difference between buying a, a you know, an expensive SUV and something more modest, you know, so like we're trying to make it apply to everyone, even those students that don't have, that would know that they won't have student loan debts, student loans, um, just so that they, I guess, hoping that they take it seriously because, you know, or un, they, I, we just want them to understand the impact, like you said, on, of, of carrying significant amounts of debt. So we're trying to, we're trying to address that this year, but yeah, obviously, what, one of the things we want them to learn is how debt impacts your ability to spend money and also your ability to save money and reach some of your other goals, like you just said. And then we'll take a break in a minute here. But then the last um, takeaway for the money fair, um, well, I sort of you know I boil it down to like the five big ones, but the last really, really, really important learning objective for me is. Um, I'm, I, I need a better way to say this, but I always use the term like don't spend money in a vacuum, but I feel like I need a better way to say that. But And what I mean is like don't spend money on any one thing without considering all the other places you have to spend money. Maybe you can help me coin a better term for that. But um, so the, I mean, 
or budgeting is the exercise that you have to go through, but I hate using that term also. Nobody likes that term. It does, it's not a very fun process um, and it, it has negative connotation, I think. But um, what I mean by that and what they're going to learn as they go through the fair is that like, you know, anyone, anyone's table they visit will have, um, they'll have to spend money and whatever they're spending is like a relatively reasonable amount of money. But what they're going to learn is that once they visit these 15 or 20 tables, the stuff really adds up and you really can't spend money on any one thing without factoring in all the other places you have to spend money. So that's what I mean by that. Um, and the budgeting, going through, you know, filling out a budget and, and thinking of every place you need to spend money is the way that you most responsibly spend money because then you're confirming that I can afford to spend all these amounts because it's less than what I take home. Yeah. All right. So I, gosh, I always, like, I just, I love the money fair and I could just go on forever and ever about it. <laughs> and I, I was trying to keep that part short so that we could um, spend time on the other, like on the tables are going to and pulling learning objectives from that. But, you know, I just love it. So I apologize if I get a little long winded here, but um, if anyone has questions for us, about the fair, about any of these things we're chatting about, 781-837-4900. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my husband, Kirk Reed. We're talking about the Smart With Money Fair that McNamara Financial uh, sponsors for the Marshfield High Seniors. It's coming up um, here at the end of January, and uh, we're super excited about it. This is our sixth annual, I believe. We started this in 2014. Um, so we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back. Hi, this is Mike McNamara with McNamara Financial Services in Marshfield. If you're near retirement, maybe it's time to take a serious look at your retirement plan and your investment strategy to make sure you're going to be okay. We're local, we're a family business, and we can help. It's what we do. McNamaraFinancial.com or 781-834-2010. The latest on local, state, and national news every morning and afternoon. Trusted names, dependable information. 95.9 WATD. This is Kirk Reed from McNamara Financial. I often get asked, when should I start collecting Social Security? It's not always a quick question to answer, but an important one. If you'd like to have a conversation about your situation, give me a call at 781-834-2010 or check out McNamaraFinancial.com. Good morning, everyone. Well, it looks like a fine morning out there, but it's not going to turn out to be a fine day or a fine evening in particular. With the temperature today under thickening clouds, are getting up to 27 degrees. There may be some snow showers around, particularly very close to the coast during the afternoon hours. They could leave a dusting of snow here and there during the day today. But the main event will be coming this evening between 7 and 9 p.m. with snow arriving. When the temperature is holding at around 27 degrees as that snow arrives, the snow will become moderate to heavy very quickly and last throughout the night, mixing and then changing to freezing rain just before dawn tomorrow. With the temperature tomorrow rising up to 35 degrees during the midday hours, that freezing rain will be changing over to rain. And the rain will be continuing during the afternoon before a flash freeze comes later on in the afternoon with the temperature falling back into the 20s by late in the day on Sunday. On Sunday night, any precipitation will be ending early, followed by clearing skies, very frigid, with a cold northwest wind blowing, the low temperature falling back to 5 degrees above zero by Monday morning. And Monday will dawn with plenty of bright but ineffective sunshine 
with Monday's high with a lot of wind only reaching 14 degrees. For WATD, I'm meteorologist Jim Manning. This is 95.9 WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts, the South Shores radio station. You are listening to McNamara on Money. Please give us a call at 781-837-4900 with your questions or comments. Okay, Alyssa, let's get back to business. Good morning. I didn't have my headphones on, but I think I timed that okay. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. On 95.9 WATD, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my husband, Kirk Reed, and business partner and helper at the Smart With Money Fair, helper extraordinaire. <laughs> Kirk's always there late nights with me helping to set up. Um, we are talking this morning about the Smart With Money Fair that, we do, uh, that we've done for the past six years with uh, the Marshfield High School students. It's coming up really soon. We get really excited about it. This is something that I just love to... Um, I love to do, I love to help, I love to design the curriculum, I love to think about the best way to teach the students all these concepts. It's kind of like information overload in one day, um, but they they do have some exposure to it in the classroom as well to you know reinforce concepts and things like that. But it's a great experience, it's a great day, we've had great feedback from it, from students, from people in the community, from parents, It's 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 really awesome and I love doing it, so. We always like to just spend one day a year and uh, talk about it on the air just so that people in the community know that it's happening. And this this show or this year, um, I didn't just want to talk about the fair itself. We've certainly done that enough and probably beaten a dead horse, but I wanted to pull um, the learning objectives from it because it's very... Um, that it really can be applied to anyone in any situation that these these themes and the smart uh, financial behavior can really be applied to anyone. So as the students go through the fair, they again are playing the role of a 25 year old adult. They have an amount of money that they can spend. We break it down for them monthly. We take taxes out, we break it down for them monthly. And as they go through the tables at the fair, I think there's maybe 20 tables, 15 or 20. Um, as they go through, they are spending their money and they're pretending like they're spending their money th- uh, throughout the course of the month. So they're working on they're working on a monthly budget. So the big, the most, Im- or the yeah, the most, I guess, the most important tables are the ones where they'll have the hardest decisions, or that translate to the large amount of money from their uh, paycheck is housing, transportation managing debt, like we just chatted about, um, and saving for retirement. Those are sort of like the big ones, the very important ones, but also just the ones that have the largest dollars assigned to them usually. And we like to encourage the students to go to those ones first because they're the most impactful uh, on the budget and some really good learning objectives there. So um, one of the things that Mrs. Stanford, who's a teacher at the high school, one of the things that she and I did just this past week was we sat down and we went table by table and we tried to boil it down to the learning objectives. So what do we uh, really want to impress upon the students? And those learning objectives will be um, given to the the teachers and the government and economics teachers. And then those teachers are going to kind of go through those learning objectives pretty briefly. They don't have a lot of time but I think they spend one, if not two days in advance of the fair going through these things just so that the students have had a little bit of exposure 
before they get to the fair, which will allow them to hopefully understand yeah, the exercise sink better. In, sink in a little more, yeah. Yeah, because we don't want them showing up to the fair like n- not even knowing what a mortgage is because then they're not going to under- yeah. know where to go from there if they don't even understand the basic concept or if they don't understand what a credit card is and, and how it works and what an interest rate is. So we need them to have a little bit of uh, a little background on all these things so that they can make the most of the exercise. So it's great. They're having, um, they're going to go through some I guess, um, exercises in class or just, you know, one, one day in class learning about this stuff. So, um, I'll, we'll start with mortgage and housing. Those two are very related, but we actually have them separate tables that the students will have to visit. And related to mortgage, we also have an understanding credit table where there's not like the understanding credit table. There's not, they don't have to spend money at that table, but there is information there and they're going to have to have discuss- discussions with the volunteers regarding um, what is a credit score, what is a credit card, you know, what is an interest rate, um, what does it mean to, um, you know, carry a credit card balance, things like that. So, so how, in the past, or, or I guess for this year, how are they, they're, each person has their own credit score and that's just kind of assigned to them or yeah, how we, does that work? We, sorry, I couldn't hear you. We oh. okay, we're good now. Um, we randomly assign them a credit score. I cooperate with the mortgage professional in this regard, and he gives me some guidelines, like have credit scores between this and this, which will allow them to qualify for a mortgage. All right, so that's a good concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then because we want. When we, or I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but at the housing table, they're going to have the option to either rent an apartment with or without roommates or purchase a property. I think we have like a, two condos and a house, a small house for sale. Um, and so they're going to decide which one's most appropriate for them and which exercise, which exercise they want to model. And if they want to purchase, they will have had to gone to the mortgage table first and gotten pre-approved to purchase. And not all students will be approved for a mortgage because that's real life. Not everyone gets approved for a mortgage. You have to satisfy certain criteria. You have to have a credit score within a certain range. You have to have money for a down payment and you have to have enough income to afford the property. So um, the mortgage professional, um, thank you to Jeremy Devaney, Fairway Independent Mortgage. He's helped us the last several years. He gives me guidelines. He'll say, you know, whatever percentage of the students you want to have be able to buy a property, right? And and so we kind of set those guidelines like I think I'll probably do 75% or 80% of the students, I'll at least let them get pre-approved. So he says, okay, you need to assign them credit scores within a certain range. So I just have, you know, an Excel formula and it just randomly assigns. And then we're going to have, so 20, 25% of the students will have a credit score that's too low to qualify for a mortgage because we want them to understand the importance of a credit score. So if they go to the mortgage table and their credit score is 550, they're going to get turned down for a mortgage and we want them to understand the direct impact between your ability to not only qualify for a mortgage, but that means your ability to buy a piece of property if you want to and your credit. And then there's the understanding credit table where there will be, where they'll learn about, well, how credit is important, which hopefully they're already learning, but what are ways to improve my credit or what are ways to not let my credit score fall, right? 
Um, so I think that's really, really important for them to learn. Yeah, and I forgive me if this is a difficult question, but is that is that concept maybe lost a little bit on the people that get the good scores? Um, maybe. I don't know. May, maybe. I mean, the discussions that they're having at the mortgage table, like they're going to walk up to, I think we have four or five people at the mortgage table because it's a really yeah, busy, that's, that's hard a, that's, one. That's a difficult one. It's yeah. a very difficult yep. one. So the, the volunteer at the mortgage table is going to look at their budgeting worksheet and they're going to say, okay, I see your income is this. I see your housing budget is this. We let we walk through um, having them set their own housing budget in, in opening comments. So they're going to say, okay, your housing budget is this. Your um, savings account balance is this. In other words, do they have any money for a down payment? And your credit score is this. So I... I think out loud, the discussion with, that the volunteer will have is pointing out those three numbers. And if their credit score is 800, then at least that they're satisfying that one component. There's, uh, there's two other components that they have to satisfy to qualify for the mortgage. So is it lost? Maybe. I mean, it's not as um, they don't have... Um, that that negative experience yeah, that they're learning yeah, from, but yeah, but at least yeah. but those people will have a different experience, and then if they do get qualified for a mortgage, the, the, they also have that good feeling that comes along. So yeah, so right. there, there is still uh, perhaps a learning a learning uh, experience there. They also have the the students that do qualify for a mortgage. All then they they don't have to buy a house. They could still go to the housing table and rent an apartment. But if they do qualify for the mortgage, then they have the benefit of the experience of, of like learning then what you need to buy a house. So they're going to go to housing and they're going to say, look, I got qualified for a mortgage. Um, I like this condo here in Boston. Um, I want to buy it. And then the how the people at the housing table are going to say, okay, well, property taxes are this much. And um, they get, there's a separate utilities table. Your mortgage payment is this much. And um, you need how you need homeowners insurance and go visit the property and casualty table. And so they're gonna like go th- and oh by the way your down payment is twenty thousand dollars and you're gonna have to subtract that from savings. So they like they learn they go through a different exercise and they learn different things. And unfortunately, the students that don't qualify for the mortgage don't get to go through that exercise. But then they learn a different thing and how important a credit right. score so it's is. Re- so I mean, like, so you could, yeah, you could definitely yeah. argue that this is real life. I mean, you know, it's... Thank you, Kirk. Yeah, yeah. That is like the whole point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, things happen. Not everybody's equal. Things, you know, right. there's, there's sometimes luck. There's good luck. There's bad luck. You know, there's... Um, right. You know, it's not just... Yeah. Right. That's, I mean, the whole idea is to make this, is to mimic real life as much as possible before they get to real life because if they're going to make some mistakes we want them to make it on paper at the smart money fair and not in real life um so yeah it's the whole mortgage how i mean i i guess i've struggled with this a little bit and how to structure it and do we just qualify everyone for a mortgage so that they can go through the exercise but then but then some of them but then they might not learn how important it is to keep a good credit score Mm. so and I think I maybe maybe you're gonna talk about this later, but you know, one of the fun things is that um, you know, that the chance, the whatever the wheel thing that Jeremy does yeah. and um you know, that's a pretty fun thing because that you know, that in itself teaches a good life. you know, that this is life. Life happens and, right. and the unexpected happens and he has that wheel I don't know what he calls it, but we call it the reality check. The reality check, right. Yeah. So they spin the wheel and then you know, they get either a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. And, and it could really throw a wrench in their plan. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is 
that's life. I and know. I, I think that's kind of a, a it's kind of a fun, you know, but but a, a good lesson too. It's awesome. And so that's Jeremy Stanford, who's one of the business teachers now at Marshfield High, and he's come to the fair every year. And this year he'll be coming as a teacher. But um, yeah, he's always done. He's always developed the content for the reality check. It's it's literally like a the wheel of life, or it's a wheel, and they spin it, and it's completely random, of course. And but he'll have really funny thing. He's had really funny things in the past, like like moth, like a moth ate all your sweaters. You have to go out and spend five hundred dollars on new clothes, or um, you. <laughs> one of them was like your dog had puppies. Your vet bill just went up to two thousand dollars. <laughs> Subtract from savings or something like yeah. like he makes. Or- you know, car accident. You yeah. know, things things that happen and and cause. It sounds like yeah. the chance stick in Monopoly. It is or exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's exactly I like, that. like yeah. that. It's like, or or some of them will be a windfall. Like you just inherited a thousand dollars from Uncle Joe or something. And and so, in that one, it's like, it well, you're impressing upon them that stuff happens and that's life. Sometimes it's a g- good things that happen, and sometimes it's a bad thing financially. But you're also impressing upon them the importance of having money in the bank, right? That's like, what that's what it kind of comes down to. Is you know, have you? Yeah, you you know, you did. You spent all your time and effort putting this budget together, but did you give yourself a cushion in the form of some savings that, yeah. if something does come up, you can you can cover it and not have to adjust everything else, right. In your plan, another one of the, um, another one of the things that we impress upon this. Well, another one of the pieces of information that's randomly assigned to them is their savings account balance. And that's, again, that thing that we just, you know, we have no concept of who will live at home after college and save money, who will be gifted money from their parents or whoever. And, you know, we we have no concept of that, but we randomly assign a savings account balance. And that can be anywhere from like 500 bucks to $30,000. We try to give a really wide range. Um. This, and, and one of the things we talk about is, and again, this is very real life. If you don't have cash in the bank as your emergency savings, you need to deduct that from your monthly pay and start saving and building that savings. So that's you know your emergency reserves account. And um, if you don't have a sufficient one, then we actually have a line item on the budget that says, you know, if you're savings account balance that's randomly assigned if it isn't already three times your monthly income which is a good rule of thumb in, in our world it should be at least three times your net monthly income then you need to save monthly for it in other words you know deduct some money from your spendable income and start tucking it over in savings but yeah it's just that reality check spinning wheel is really fun they do it at the end it's kind of like you know it's it's just a fun exercise, but it's also hammers home the importance of you got to have cash behind you because mm-hmm. you don't want to have to accrue credit card debt if your dog does have puppies and you need to spend $2,000 on vet bills. Um, and when, I think we have on video actually one year where a student spun the wheel and he landed on the one and Jeremy said, your dog just had six puppies and you know you have to spend two thousand dollars on vet bills and and <laughs> the kid laughed and was like well i didn't adopt a dog today so i don't he was like i don't have a dog mm. yeah <laughs> it was just really funny can you sell um, you could sell the puppies then that's true actually maybe that's what he said maybe he said oh i'm gonna sell the puppies and i'll make you know five thousand dollars or whatever it is but it's actually really cool to um to like sometimes i just 
I try to make myself available during the day so I can just kind of walk through the fair and observe. I do like a ton of work leading up to the fair. And then I try to leave myself. I don't assign myself to anything specific. I try to just be there to like, you know, help where needed and stuff. But it also allows me to walk around and observe. And it's, and then I get to one of the things that really excites me and warms my heart a little bit is like when I walk around and I see them, I see the students going through the exercise and making it real life like a lot of the, or, or thinking beyond thinking beyond the exercise and thinking outside of the box like you know we've had students in the past be like um well i'm gonna buy this house but i'm gonna sublet it to my roommate and so i'm gonna have an extra 500 bucks a month and stuff like that like i really applaud them for um thinking outside the box and applying it to real life and 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 um so that's that's really cool that's one of the things that i my that i most love about it um uh, where did Tim? Can we take our break, our nine o'clock break, a little bit early, and then we can um, we have a, we have an interview. So uh, we're going to take our break. We're talking about the Smart with Money Fair that we do with the Marshfield High students. We have one of the students here in studio that we were going to chat with for a few minutes after the break. This is a student that went through the fair a few years ago and is going through it again as a senior. Um, and so we're going to get a perspective from a student. And so let's take a quick break. We'll get him all situated, and we're going to come right back. Thanks. The South Shore's breaking news, weather, and traffic station. WATD FM Marshfield. WATD Brockton. This is Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. When I hosted the most recent Smart With Money Fair for the Marshfield High School seniors, we went through an exercise comparing investing an amount of money over 40 years versus investing that same total amount of money over 20 years. The end result for the person who saved longer was more than twice the amount of the other person's. This is a hypothetical exercise, of course, but the point remains, save early and save often. If I can help you save early and often, visit our website at McNamaraFinancial.com. You own a business, or you're running a nonprofit or a municipality, and you just might be somewhat overwhelmed with all the changes in state health care law, federal mandates, rules governing retirement, employee benefits. For instance, do your employees understand the value and costs of their current benefits? Oh, and by the way, what about tomorrow's changes in state and federal policy? Keeping up is a full-time job. You have better things to do. Gallagher Benefits of Boston and Quincy are benefits experts. To be somewhat formal, Gallagher Benefits offers strategic consulting that assists employers in providing wellness and health promotion programs and offers advisory services to provide insight, understanding, and answers. Let Gallagher handle the headaches. Visit the web at ajg.com. Leave the aspirin on the shelf. AJG.com. This is Kirk Reed from McNamara Financial. I often get asked, when should I start collecting Social Security? It's not always a quick question to answer, but an important one. If you'd like to have a conversation about your situation, give me a call at 781-834-2010 or check out McNamaraFinancial.com. Good morning, everyone. Well, it looks like a fine morning out there, but it's not going to turn out to be a fine day or a fine evening in particular. With the temperature today under thickening clouds, are getting up to 27 degrees. There may be some snow showers around, particularly very close to the coast during the afternoon hours. They could leave a dusting of snow here and there during the day today. But the main event will be coming this evening between 7 and 9 p.m. 
with snow arriving, when the temperature is holding at around 27 degrees, as that snow arrives, the snow become moderate to heavy very quickly and last throughout the night, mixing and then changing to freezing rain just before dawn tomorrow, with the temperature tomorrow rising up to 35 degrees during the midday hours, that freezing rain will be changing over to rain. And the rain will be continuing during the afternoon before a flash freeze comes later on in the afternoon, with the temperature falling back into the 20s by late in the day on Sunday. On Sunday night, any precipitation will be ending early, followed by clearing skies, very frigid, with a cold northwest wind blowing, a low temperature falling back to 5 degrees above zero by Monday morning. And Monday will dawn with plenty of bright but ineffective sunshine with Monday's high with a lot of wind only reaching 14 degrees. For WATD, I'm meteorologist Jim Manning. This is 95.9 WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts, the South Shores radio station. You are listening to McNamara on Money. Please give us a call at 781-837-4900 with your questions or comments. Okay, Alyssa, let's get back to business. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shores' very own financial talk radio show on 95.9 FM WATD. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed, and we're talking about the Smart With Money Fair that we've done last. This is going to be our sixth year with Marshfield High students. Um, and we have, it's our, it's our lucky morning, it's our lucky day. We have one of the students from Marshfield High here in studio who gave up an hour on his Saturday morning uh, to join us on air. This is TJ from Marshfield High. Good morning. Welcome. How are you? Thank Good you for you? being here. Um, I promise we won't keep you here for an hour. We'll. I, I, I promised him 10 or 15 minutes and then we would let him go enjoy his Saturday. <laughs> um, so this is fantastic because TJ was um, got to go through the money fair three years ago as a freshman. That was at a time when we um, opened the Smart With Money Fair to students enrolled in the business class. Now we open it just to the entire senior class. So going forward, it will just be seniors that experience the fair. Um, but TJ is kind of unique in that he went through it already and he'll get to go through it again, which is awesome for you because I think probably the first time he went through as a freshman, it was, you know, it'll be a different experience. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so I just had a few questions for you. And um, I, again, I so appreciate you being here. So um, I guess if you could just like think about when you went through it as a freshman, what sticks out in your mind regarding that experience? And that could be good or bad. Well, um, I mean, I was a freshman, so I didn't really know a lot about finances or how budgeting was going to work. And after college, I really had never thought about that. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to just like see how everything works and like how different jobs interact with different debt and different salaries and yep. how everything can sort of impact your other choices. Absolutely. I mean, I think going through it as a freshman is just from from an age point of view, It's to I'm sure it's totally different. Yep. Um, you know, I think it's hard for even high school seniors to make to to understand the reality of this stuff but as a freshman so much younger it's yeah. like just so it's so much farther away yeah Pro probably um, yeah you know you could maybe argue too young but but yeah but but the great thing is doing it twice right means it makes it stick stick a little more which is which is great right did anything like did anything surprise you like oh i never knew what this was or i never knew that this existed or did anything do you remember anything that like really surprised you uh, learning about mortgages was pretty interesting because yeah. I never really 
thought about it yeah. and then the credit card stand where they sort of explain to you how credit cards work yeah. and all that and then just generally budgeting like how much you're gonna spend on entertainment how much you're gonna save and how much you're gonna spend each month yeah that was pretty interesting yeah awesome um was there anything well you just mentioned more i was just gonna say was there anything that you like really didn't understand i mean again, again being a freshman that's pretty young uh, mortgages are a really hard concept yeah, and, and credit card and credit cards are the same. I think there's a, a lot of adults that maybe don't even understand how credit <laughs> cards work, but um, anything else that you like went right over your head that we need to work on explaining to the students? I think they did a pretty good job of explaining it, sort of setting you up at the beginning of the day and just letting you sort of learn for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like go ask the people at the booths what what they're teaching about and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you said, mortgages aren't easy to learn yeah. in 15 minutes. But right. <laughs> it worked out pretty well. I bought a house. Good. Nice. I hope Excellent. you get to buy one again. Yeah, hopefully. Do you still have the house? Uh, no. <laughs> I sublet. Oh, okay. Sublet. Okay, nice. Well, mortgages are... Um, the concept of a mortgage itself is complicated, but then, you know, Kirk and I were talking earlier in the show before you got here about how, like, we try to make this as real life as possible. Yeah. So when you buy a house, there's, it's not just the mortgage you have to learn about. There's, like, so many other things. It's, yeah. like, the tax impacts of owning, owning a home. It's the fact that you need property insurance and what that is. It's re- what are real estate taxes, yeah. you know, and I have to add that. And, like, there's just so much that goes along with it. Um, and we, you know, we're always torn between trying to make it as real life as possible and trying to simplify it enough for the students to understand yeah, it. Yeah. It's really, it's really hard. I tend to be really detail oriented and I like want it to be perfect, but you have to remember, um, if it's too complicated, they won't understand and they won't learn anything. So, yeah. um, this is where I struggle because I'm not a teacher. Like I work with, I work with, you know, grownups and yeah. it's just a little bit different. Um, was there anything that you learned? Put a smile on my face, TJ. Was there anything that you learned that you have applied in real life already? Well, it's okay if you say no. I mean, sort of learning about just like how much you're going to make each month and how much you can spend each month and putting some in savings. Like, that was definitely big when I started working and. Oh, cool. Just sort of like learning about how to like manage a savings account, a checking account, and not spend your entire paycheck in the day after you get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. Yeah. See, so you, I love so, it. Okay, so you have a job now? Uh, I did over the summer. Over the summer? Yeah, nice. Okay. So you didn't spend your whole paycheck or you tried not to anyway? I, tr- I did my best. That's awesome. I love it. Do you have a car? Uh, yes. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I didn't pay for it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> One day you'll have to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this is, I have like two more questions for you and then we'll see if Kirk has any questions for you. And, um, one of the things that I, so I'm a parent. My kids are, are younger. They're not in high school yet. They're in elementary school, but I'm a parent. So I, the, they got some of this, sometimes I try to think about this or I'm having a hard time phrasing this question, but what, what, what I always say like in the past, what I've said like in closing comments, right? At the very end of the fair, yeah. we do like that closing ceremony. We have our winners and they did really well and we, yeah. get, we give a little gift card. I was one of them. Nice. Yeah, of course you were. You're, that's wonderful. Congrats. I hope you win again. Yeah. Um, I always wonder if the students, like, do do you ever, did you think about your parents and say like, this is what my parents do every day and this is their life, right? Like, and I, I sort of, 
you know, I'm not, I am a parent, but it's not, it's, this is not coming from a selfish place. This is like, I just think it's important for, for kids to recognize like probably how hard their parents work yeah. to afford their life and provide for things. And I think there's like a little bit of gratification is warranted. So I just wondered if you thought about that at all when you, maybe at the end or. Yeah, I definitely did. I was sort of just thinking about like all the stuff that goes into it that I never really heard about or knew happened yeah. because I was really young and it's just sort of really eye-opening seeing everything that they have to do yeah. on a monthly basis or a weekly basis when it comes to finances and um, just like how budgeting for your kids and right. how much are you going to spend like are, you gonna, are they going to need a car? How much can you spend on college? Stuff like that. Right. And it's like when you guys go through the exercise, it's your one person. We're, yeah. we're making this like one person. Yeah. And then you think about, I don't know how many siblings you have, but you know, most parents are doing this and then they're multiplying it by three or four or five, yeah. right? And it's like, and and we didn't even put a line item on your budget for kids. But yeah. but, <laughs> it, but when, when grownups have kids, that kid's line item is huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kids are so expensive at whatever age. And I, so I... I always like try to say at the end of the fair, like, hey, don't forget, this is what your parents do every day. And maybe go home and thank them for buying, you know, for paying for your cell phone, which probably costs a hundred bucks a month or, you know, your food or your car, your car. you know, stuff like, yeah. you know, so it's you're like, expensive, TJ. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, but yeah, you're worth it, obviously. And um, but thank you that that just I think that that's really important for kids to understand that and, 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 um, you know, be thankful for their parents in that regard. And one day, perhaps you'll be a parent and you want your kids to think the same way. Yep. All right, so if we, if we, um, so this time around, you're gonna go through it again here pretty soon. Um, do, you th do you think it'll be much easier? Like, do you, how do you think it will be different? I think I'll probably understand more stuff at the beginning better, just sort of, like when I get all my information and seeing like my credit score and my debt and my monthly income, I won't be so, overwhelmed by it, yeah. like all this information I thought I had to keep track of and I'll be more comfortable going through and talking to all the booths and understanding like what's more important budgeting and how much I should be saving yeah. and all the ratios like three times monthly income for yeah. savings <laughs> I was listening yeah. from the kitchen oh, no. <laughs> great thank you um, yeah I always one of the things I don't have quite a grasp on maybe you could answer this is like do, do most of the students what is your interaction with the people at the volunteers at the tables? Like, are you kind of just listening and doing it on your own? Or are you engaging and asking questions? Like, what do you think most of the kids are doing? So I think doing? some of them are sort of more on your own, like the entertainment table. Yeah. It's sort of self-explanatory. It says everything. And they're just sort of like telling you there's a lot of choices to make. But then when you get to like a mortgage table or a credit card table, or auto, like how you're gonna get around. Yeah, those are really big to have the people there because they sort of explain like you have to spend this much each month plus these taxes, right. and right. it's good to have them explain to you some of the stuff. Okay, so I mean, as I walk around, I, I I do see a fair amount of engagement with the volunteers, but that's really what we want. We don't yeah. want students to just circulate around, look at a board, write some numbers. We really want them to be engaging with the volunteers. And I mean, don't forget. Well, I, don't, I don't mean you, TJ, but I like, you know, the, the volunteers that we have come, they give up a day of work to be there. Yeah. And a lot, and they're all like really excited about it. They want to yeah. be engaging with the students. They want to help you guys understand these things. They're, a lot of the volunteers will be the teachers that come, but there's just people in the community that like really think that this is important. So I'm happy to hear that. And I, that's, I don't want someone, I don't want a volunteer to show up 
and really not have any engagement with the students because then they won't feel like they did a good thing, right? Yeah. So so from that perspective, I think that's really great if you guys can, you know, ask questions, get some help. You're, you, you know, they're there to help you learn this stuff. Yeah. This is like a lot of this stuff is crazy important and, and, and hard to understand. So that's great. Um, my last question, is there anything that you're excited about to learn more about this time around than maybe last time you didn't quite get it or... What, what do you want to take? Maybe another way to say that is what do you want to take away from the fair this year? Um, I'm definitely more excited to learn about, once again, mortgages, stuff like that, stuff I didn't really understand the first time around, just sort of wrote down the numbers because yeah. I was sort of just trying to get through the whole thing, Yeah. sort of figure some stuff out. But I mean, now three years older, I've been there before. I feel like it'll be easier to sort of talk to the people, learn a little bit about, more about them yeah. and sort of take away a little bit more information from everything. Awesome. Do you have any questions for TJ Kirk? Um, so you're a senior now, right? Yeah. Are you Are you going to go to college? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you picked yet or no? Uh, the only school I've heard back from is I got into Bryant a few weeks ago, awesome. and um, I mean I love it there. Just sort of waiting to hear back from some other places. It's great. Nice. Congratulations. I, I guess I was just kind of curious if you know going you know learning what you learned through this fair if that affected your 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 process or if it made you kind of more aware of what was going on you know as far as the cost of college and you know how that affects your you know your future as far yeah, as I mean, money and at the beginning like freshman year I wasn't didn't really know what I wanted to major in mm -hmm. I think I picked finance manager personal finance manager something like that mm -hmm. at the smart money fair and just sort of seeing like all the different jobs and how much debt comes with each one and how much you're making monthly and what goes into each different job it definitely uh, impacted my choices a little bit. Mm, yeah, the time the timing of the fair this year actually is really good. In past years, we I think most years we've done it like in the March April time frame, where most kids at by that time have committed or emotionally yeah. committed anyway to a school. Yeah. this is actually really really good timing when you think about um, student loan debt because. Yeah. You, as we were talking off air, was mentioning like he, you know, he's waiting to hear from some schools and and the, the you know the merits or scholarships, you know, financial aid available. And um, this is awesome timing because we're, one of the things we're trying to impress upon the students is how impactful debt is, and particularly student loan debt is on your life for a yeah. long time potentially. So it it will not that we're trying to steer anyone into any particular school. That's obviously not our yeah. intent, but that that you should at least take it really seriously when you pick a school and there's varying amounts of debt you're going to walk out with you should at least think twice about it and how it will impact your life Definitely so yeah. and i always say at the very beginning i'm not here to counsel you on a career or help you pick a school you know that's not the intent it's this is just the numbers and that you need to think about the numbers and all the decisions that you make in life so um TJ, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you being here. I will let you go, but I, it's great for our listeners to hear the perspective of a student. Um, and and thank you so much. I really um, appreciate you, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, thank you, and okay. good luck in school. Yes, okay, take care. Um, all right, that was uh, TJ from Marshfield High School. He went through the Smart Money Fair three years ago as a freshman, and he's going to go through it again, and that was really great to have his perspective. Thank you so much, TJ. Um, and thank you for giving up your Saturday morning, probably getting up earlier than he normally does on a Saturday. Um, 
All right, so Kirk and I have been talking about the Smart With Money Fair that we've done and we're really passionate about. And thank, I'm, I do feel very thankful to Marshfield High School for allowing us to be a part of this. Um, we, I approached one of the business teachers at Marshfield High six years ago and just was like, hey, you want to do this? And um, it's been great. And the school is very supportive of it. And um, we're happy to do that. We, we provide lunch and pad folios for the students, those are, which are really great. And um, we're, you know, we're so happy to do that. But I'm also very thankful to Marshfield High for continuing to let me do it because at any time they could say, nope, we're not, you know, not interested. And, you know, at some point, perhaps it'll be built into the curriculum, which is great for the students. Um, and perhaps it's not needed anymore, but I will enjoy it while it lasts because it's very, um, it's different from what I do every day. And it's, it's fun to switch it up. And um, I know you enjoy it. I know. I'll stop. I'll stop. Well, actually, I can't stop talking about it because we have another 45 minutes of the show. So, <laughs> uh, so actually, well, maybe as a segue here, I was just going to make, you know, do the announcements. Um, oh, yeah, go ahead. So next Saturday, January 26th, uh, the topic of the radio show is annuities uh, and living benefits that come along with annuities. Ah. And that will be... Who's doing that? Am uh, I doing that show? No. Oh, oh. Uh, so that'll be Mike McNamara huh. and Justin McNamara. Mm -hmm. uh, and they may or may not have a, somebody from the industry. Uh, I know they were trying to maybe find, um, bring somebody in um, from an annuity company. But You know what? We're going to have to... I would like to actually, you and I do another show like that. We did one some point last year. Um, but I have just in the last week or so have analyzed a few an annuities that people have purchased before we met them. Um, and it's, I actually kind of really like analyzing annuities and, and what the living benefits provide and sort of translating that stuff to the client because a lot of people are like, I have this annuity, I have no idea what it does or why I bought it. <laughs> but it's, that's, that's kind of cool. So I've done that a lot recently, but yeah, so they're gonna, yeah, so that's the topic, and you know, again, it, it is a call-in talk radio show. So if you have an annuity yeah. and you've got a question about it, you can call in, and they can, you know, it'll be fairly generic answers, but you know, they can hopefully, it's, yeah, hopefully answer, especially with regards to annuities because there, there are so many different kinds of annuities. There's so many different living benefits, and all the annu all the different companies that have these products like have different translation, different fine print, different, you know, they might work a little bit differently. They might be kind of a similar concept, but might work a little bit differently. So it's hard to give very specific information or answer questions in specific. Mm -hmm. Most of the, what we do in office with our clients is the easiest way to figure it out is to jump on the phone with the insurance company, ask a whole bunch of questions, you know, get their translation of it. Um, because even when people get their statements and things like that, it's, it's still hard to understand um, what, if they have living benefits, what that really means and what it's really providing for them. Um, any other announcements? Uh, the only other thing was that uh, I will be hosting a um, an adult education session, uh, just about you know financial planning and investment education uh, at the Hanover High School uh, on February 11th uh, at seven uh, seven at night, uh, and that's through the Hanover. Um, it's called, uh, let's see, so it's $19 and it goes to the town of Hanover. Um, and the name of the program is, uh, so it's the Family and Community Engagement um, oh, yeah. is, the, is the name of the, the program, but it's, it's through the Hanover um, High School. We have that uh, on our Facebook page as well. If you follow McNamara Financial on Facebook, we created an event for that with more information and you can actually click right there and go right to the, 
Office of Family Engagement and register. Or yeah, or you can go to yeah HanoverSchools.org slash F A C E, which is that um, family of family and community en- engagement oh, F A C E. Okay. Cool. Um, yes, excellent. And we don't. Uh, I don't know if they ca- they cap it at a certain number of people, but we haven't had a report yet of how many people are registered. So yeah, as far as we know, they're still. I think it's just in. A, in a, I think it's just in like a classroom, you know. So it's probably you know. 20 or 30 people. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. should be. And as far as we know, there's still room if yeah. anyone's interested yep. in registering. And that's just like a broad world of investments type stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's a presentation, but hopefully it's interactive and, you know, people can ask questions and it's kind of like the show, like the show. <laughs> and that's February 11th, correct? February 11th, seven o'clock. Okay. Anything else? Nope. All right. So, um, Let's continue on. We were talking about before TJ so graciously joined us this morning. We were talking about um, the different, so sort of like table by table at the Smart With Money Fair, the different learning objectives. And again, making, I I boiled this down for the students in terms of what do we want them to, to take away, but it's really meant to, but I'm doing this on the air and on the show today because I think that these are things that, Um, really anyone can relate to or this can really apply in almost anyone's world. Um, So we talked in with TJ and and you and I before he got here regarding um, mortgages and credit and understanding the relationship between credit score, ability to qualify for a mortgage and the other factors that, um, that will determine whether or not you can qualify for a mortgage, you know, amount of assets to put down, level of income and being able to afford the payments and things like that. Um, what, you know, and, and again, we do have a that credit table and it's called understanding credit. And we have some volunteers from a bank that are gonna be there helping students understand what can I do to better my credit score? What things negatively impact my credit score? So that'll be really great for them. I think that I think we have a handout for them, so they get like a little sheet they can take home, um, and you know, helping them understand the importance of that because you know that's a good one for that's another good one for adults. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So you know, pay, paying your bills on time. Um, you know, how, how many score. credit cards you have. Um, you know, right. Yeah. So, you know, ha- having credit available to you but not using it will improve your credit score. So, for example, if you have um, a credit card open with no balance, that improves your credit score. So, if, you like an, if you've been approved for credit and you have an ability to borrow, um, then that helps your credit score. Paying your bills on time and not paying things late helps your credit score. Um, and other than that, <laughs> we should have a person, you know, we should have actually, we should have a credit counselor or something come on the show one time because that, that's a, beyond that, um, the factors I think are different based on the organization issuing the credit score, but, um, it's it's pretty complicated actually. That's a good yeah, idea checking, for a future checking show. your credit score ha- can have yeah, an effect on your credit score. Good, um, we should actually um, we should actually do that. We'll mention that to Mary Beth that we should do a, a show on on credit and and what impacts it in a positive way and in a negative way. How how to, um, how to yeah how to establish credit uh, you know initially you know when you're young right um, right because you can't sometimes you can't just go get a credit card. Sometimes, well, there's an, right. sometimes there's an intermediate step. You know, they have those secured credit cards. You know, we have to actually put money down. That's right. Um, Which is actually probably a really good way to to build a credit score because you can prove. Um, 
It's just your ability. Your, yeah, yeah, your ability to to pay things off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the money fair, the students one of the I think the well the most important and may, perhaps one of the most fun tables is the housing table. We have six properties that they can choose from. Three are properties they can rent, and three are properties they could buy. And we have them, we try to like vary the locations. Like I think for rentals, we have one in Marshfield, maybe one in Quincy, one in Boston, and maybe like the same for the per, the properties to purchase. Um, we do allow students to take on a roommate if they want. That's very real life that a 25 year old might have a roommate, you know. Um, but we, if they're going to take on a roommate, they have to, they can't just say, I'm going to get a roommate. They actually have to find someone at the fair and they have to put each other down as roommates. And then they go through the process of splitting the rent, splitting the utilities. Um, and that's probably it that they would split. They have mm -hmm. they have their own food costs and transportation costs. Um, but we try to make that you know as real life as possible. And and at the housing, um, the realtors in air quotes. They're not actual realtors. I don't think we have any actual realtors this year. But the volunteers at the housing table are going to have discussions with them. Like, well. Do you how do you, how do you think you would feel about living with someone else? Do you value your personal space, or do you like to be around people? How would you feel if, um, oh, they might say, for example, this apartment is a two bedroom, but it only has one bathroom. How do you feel about sharing a bathroom with someone else? So you know, having real life discussions about that and trying to make them, trying to impress upon them the reality of it, and and trying to get from them trying to get from the students kind of like what they value and what they envision for their life because we can do, there's a there's a lot that we can do to make this exercise real life. But one of the things that we need the students to do, and this is something that I try to impress upon them in opening comments is try to apply this to you. Like go through this exercise and bear in mind what's important to you, what you like, what you don't like, what you value because it's, I think it's really important for people to spend money on things that they value and maybe don't spend money on something that they don't value, even if it's something that someone else has. So I try to, um, and so housing is an example of that. You know, do you value your personal space or do you, are you okay, you know, do you value having your own bathroom or are you okay sharing? So um, we need them to kind of go through it and not just write numbers on a worksheet. We need them to think about them and, and what it will be like. And I think a lot of them do it. I think a lot of them try to make it as real life as possible. Um, so we talk about like the pros and cons of renting versus owning. I think that's something that they're, we're hoping that the teachers will do in advance of the fair also, like, you know, the benefits of renting, flexible. Uh, don't have to worry about what the real estate market is doing. And if I want to move, I just wait till my lease is up and I move. Or maybe yeah. I don't have a lease and I move whenever I want. No um, money down. No money down except maybe like a security deposit. Okay. Yeah. Small amount. Yeah, maybe yeah. a small amount. Yeah. Small money down. Insurance is much, much less. lower. Yep. You don't no have, taxes. You don't have to worry about property upkeep. If something yeah. breaks, you just call the landlord. Um, yeah. So so certainly more flexible, generally less expensive, um, depending on where you're renting, I guess. Um, and then, you know, on the downside with regards to renting is that you're not, you know, building equity in a property. Yep. Um, if you want to paint the walls, replace the floor, yeah, you're you doing be, that for someone else. Right, or you might be yeah. limited as to what you can change because sure. uh, you don't own it. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, you might not have a yard. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it's you know, lots of pros and cons. Yeah, so we kind of touch on that. Again, it's pretty quick, but I think they do a little bit of that in advance and, and we do it pretty quickly at the fair. That table is 
um, another complicated one. So again, we try to boil it down and make it as simple as possible, but try to get them thinking about that stuff. Um, transportation is another of the, like the big important tables and your favorite table. That was, that was always my favorite. Sorry, yeah. we I had got, you there. I got, I got bumped. We had you there for several years, if not every year. We might have uh, had you there almost every year. Not every year. No. I know I have done I have done retirement in the past. Um, but that's where they'll go and they'll either, so their choices at that are, they either, if they live in the city and work in the city, they can just say, you know, I don't need a car. I'm just going to, you know, enter an expense for T-Pass, Uber. Right. So, whatever. yeah. So they would come to the booth and they would say, oh, well, I just want the public transportation because it was the cheapest. But yeah. then, but then we would have to check their, check their sheet and say, well, did you figure out where you're going to live yet? And, and if not, then we say, sorry, you got to go figure out where you're going to live. Oh, uh, um, uh, that's right. Cause or, right. Yeah. Cause if they live in Marshfield, they can't just live on public transport you know they can't oh, go to they can't get to the city um yeah the gatcher bus only goes so far i think they, right, right, yeah, right, right. Right. yeah yeah um so depending on where they live then we would say oh i'm sorry you have to buy a car yeah um or or yeah it's okay you can buy you can yeah you can buy the t-pass and i think what do we do we made them buy a t-pass slash it was like one all-encompassing expense for like t-pass uber oh, yeah right or whatever that car share i don't even know if that's still around that oh, car yeah. share uh, oh yeah i, f- I actually yeah. forget if that's around but yeah Zipcar, zip, zipcar, zip, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's yeah, that that's interesting. What you just said because like a lot of the students, or maybe initially anyway, they're kind of just they're trying to go through and just pop some numbers in, but we we rely on the volunteers to be let to say things like, you can't just put that T pass in. You need to know where you're going to live first. So there's certain things that they have to do first before they can figure out everything else, which is. Real life, yeah, yeah, and then the ca- and then the cars. You know, we had we would have like a used car, a new uh, like a new right. like a lower end car, and then the new like luxury car. Right, and, you know, and they they could pick between the three, you know, based on their budget. Um, yeah, well, based on their preferences, but then but then they'd have to try to find a way to fit it into their budget. Right, you know, how much of a priority is buying buying a nice car versus the rest of your life? Right, and and. In we've always in the past given them the option to buy or lease, and do you have conversations? Oh yes, with I think yes. Oh, you're right. We did have leases on there, and so we would have the con- you know, so the concept of you know probably a down payment. You know, so now you gotta you gotta have some cash in the bank that you can deduct uh, for the down payment, uh, and then you know usually that translates to a lower month monthly payment, but you gotta have that upfront uh, money to put down. Right. Um, the lease payments are always very attractive because they're lower than the. Um, than the payments for when you own. But we're hoping that the volunteers at that table will have discussions regarding, yep, that's great, but when you, you know, lease payments generally are lower, but a lease payment is like indefinite. If you keep leasing, yeah, you're you're never, yeah, you're never going to not have a car payment. Right, whereas with, when you own and if you hold your car for more than five years, there's a period of time when you have no payment and you just own it outright. Um, and we also try to impress upon them, well, that whether you own or lease, it also impacts other things like maintenance or if you're like, if you are leasing a new car, there's generally, we have like a really, I think we, we might even have no maintenance cost or really low maintenance costs, like just oil changes. I think we, yeah, we built because that in, built it into the price or, when, the, or the monthly Okay. Budget, so like, yeah. because when you, if you always have a new car and you're always leasing, there's really no maintenance that you're going to have to do. You're just always trading it in I for think a new we car. Did, I think we did account for that. Yeah. yeah. I think. Um, and when you own and as your, you know, your payment goes away at a certain point, which is great, but as the car gets older, you might have some maintenance related expenses. So, you know, making them understand that stuff and that it might 
decisions impact other things. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, you get excited about the other stuff and I get excited about the car booth, but, uh, <laughs> but it's impossible to spend, you know, that much time with, with the yeah, amount of people yeah. you can't, you can't discuss all these various. And so I don't know how much they learn about that in school, but you know, I, if, if I could sit down with them, I'd you know, probably tell them, you know, your best bet is to, you know, to buy the used car. I mean, fi- yep. financially speaking, you know, buying a, a car that's, you know, a one or two or three years old is probably your best bet, you know, financially speaking. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard to have the, all those conversations. With 300 kids. Yeah. I know. All right, let's take a quick break. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. We're talking about the sixth annual Marshfield High Smart With Money Fair that's coming up here really soon. We're talking about um, learning objectives and the things that the students are gonna um, hopefully learn and be or be exposed to anyway as they go through the fair and how these things really apply to anyone in, in life. And we thought that that might be helpful for people to know that this is going on and also just to um, go over some smart with money behavior, which is the whole idea. So uh, this is a call and talk radio show. If anyone has questions, comments, just wants to chat about anything, 781-837-4900. You know what I actually would love to hear from? Sorry, Tim, really quickly. (laughs) Sorry, you had your hand on the button. The button was halfway depressed, I think. Sorry, Tim. One thing. No, it's your show. It's fine. (laughs) Go right ahead, please. One of the things that I have struggled with with the fair is assigning levels of income. So students register for the fair, they pick an occupation. And then as best I can, I do my research regarding average incomes in the Boston area for entry level positions in these different areas. So I have put some, you know, time and effort and thought into it. But there's inevitably comments from like lots of kids, my income was too low. I'm going to make more money than this. I couldn't do anything. My income was too low. Now, so I don't know what's, so you don't know if they're they're just frustrated and they think they're going to make more money than that initially, but they won't. Or if there's some truth to that and some of the income amounts that we're assigning are unrealistic. Like, I, you know, you do, it, there's no way to know that. But what I want and what I am looking for from it, from listeners is if anyone has a 25-year-old-ish kid that's working in an occupation I want to know what they're making for mm-hmm. money that in this area of the world like it, not in California not in Alabama in this area of the world because I do want to make this as realistic as possible and I don't want someone to go through the exercise and say um, well I, I chose sports management but you only assigned me a $30,000 a year salary and I know I'm going to make more than that and, and that student that feels like that might not take it seriously and will be frustrated and won't learn the same as he would learn if if he thought it was more realistic income. Do you know what I mean? So I I guess maybe it's not appropriate to talk about what your how much money your kids make, but I don't know yeah. if anyone has any idea of like what twenty five year olds these days are making in different occupations. That would be helpful because I I I don't want to have the incomes again so low that they can't do anything if it's not realistic. And I also don't want to have the income so high that these students think, oh, I'm going to be making 70 grand a year and no problem. I can afford all this stuff. My life is going to be so easy, right? And where that is probably not realistic. There's probably not many 25-year-olds that make 70 grand. Certainly there will be some, but I don't know. So that's what I struggle with. And I, um, you know, 
I, I, I'm about to get ready to print the budgeting worksheets next week, so I need to kind of finalize yeah. this pretty soon. But anyway, that would be helpful. 781-837-4900. Maybe someone is a career counselor and has statistics on that for me. That would be great. Now we are going to take a quick break, Tim. We'll come right back. This is Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. When I hosted the most recent Smart With Money Fair for the Marshfield High School seniors, we went through an exercise comparing investing an amount of money over 40 years versus investing that same total amount of money over 20 years. The end result for the person who saved longer was more than twice the amount of the other person's. This is a hypothetical exercise, of course, but the point remains, save early and save often. If I can help you save early and often, visit our website at McNamaraFinancial.com. You own a business, or you're running a nonprofit or a municipality, and you just might be somewhat overwhelmed with all the changes in state health care law, federal mandates, rules governing retirement, employee benefits. For instance, do your employees understand the value and costs of their current benefits? Oh, and by the way, what about tomorrow's changes in state and federal policy? Keeping up is a full-time job. You have better things to do. Gallagher Benefits of Boston and Quincy are benefits experts. To be somewhat formal, Gallagher Benefits offers strategic consulting that assists employers in providing wellness and health promotion programs and offers advisory services to provide insight, understanding, and answers. Let Gallagher handle the headaches. Visit the web at ajg.com. Leave the aspirin on the shelf. AJG.com. Hi, this is Mike McNamara. We think that your financial advisor should be a certified financial planner practitioner. This is the gold standard for financial advisors. We also think your advisor should be a fiduciary and always act in your best interest. That would describe the four of us at McNamara Financial Services. We're a family business. When it comes to your money and financial affairs, we think that our family can help your family. 781 834 2010 or com. Good morning, everyone. Well, it looks like a fine morning out there, but it's not going to turn out to be a fine day or a fine evening in particular. With the temperature today under thickening clouds, are getting up to 27 degrees. There may be some snow showers around, particularly very close to the coast during the afternoon hours. They could leave a dusting of snow here and there during the day today. But the main event will be coming this evening between 7 and 9 p.m. with snow arriving. When the temperature is holding at around 27 degrees as that snow arrives, the snow will become moderate to heavy very quickly and last throughout the night, mixing and then changing to freezing rain just before dawn tomorrow. With the temperature tomorrow rising up to 35 degrees during the midday hours, that freezing rain will be changing over to rain. And the rain will be continuing during the afternoon before a flash freeze comes later on in the afternoon with the temperature falling back into the 20s by late in the day on Sunday. On Sunday night, any precipitation will be ending early, followed by clearing skies, very frigid, with a cold northwest wind blowing, the low temperature falling back to 5 degrees above zero by Monday morning, and Monday will dawn with plenty of bright but ineffective sunshine with Monday's high with a lot of wind 
only reaching 14 degrees. For WATD, I'm meteorologist Jim Manning. This is 95.9 WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts, the South Shores radio station. You are listening to McNamara on Money. Please give us a call at 781-837-4900 with your questions or comments. Okay, Alyssa, let's get back to business. Good morning. Back to business it is. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show right here on 95.9 FM WATD. Or do I put the FM after WATD? Did I do it right? It doesn't really matter. Uh, okay. Because you're not doing a, a legal identification. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just doing some advertising for you. Yeah, well, we thank you for that. <laughs> you're welcome. You know, checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Or the text I know. Oh, the other well. way. Wait a minute. Oh, this is a surprise. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no. All righty. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, um, joining you for the next 22 minutes. Um, forgot to announce earlier when we were doing announcements, Kirk, that um, McNamara on Money is now not only on Saturday mornings, right. 8 to 10, but also on Sunday mornings, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. So we thank WATD for that second time slot. We're happy to have it. Um, bear in mind, sometimes those will be previously aired shows so that we can enjoy our weekends with our families. But we, Kirk and I will probably actually in the future might be live on Sunday mornings. Um, instead of Saturdays because of family uh, child-related commitments, you know, in the spring and fall. Um, one of my other passions that's not financial money fair and the, the my work that I do with my clients is coaching soccer. I just like love that. And sometimes that's on Saturday morning. So um, your WATD will we'll be, it'll, it might switch up for us where mm. sometimes we'll be live Sunday mornings and Saturday will be previously aired, but um, stay tuned for that. That probably won't be till the spring anyway. Um, okay, so we've been chatting this morning about the sixth annual Smart with Money Fair that we do for the Marshfield High students. And I know that, I know that these are, these in the last, we've been doing it for six years. In, the, in that period of time, they've definitely grown in popularity. Fairs of this type have grown in popularity. And I know, and I know a lot of the surrounding towns do something similar that, you know, called something different, the credit for life fair or financial fitness fair or something like that. But the, the concept is generally speaking the same and that you're trying to get, you're trying to simulate real life budgeting, spending money, maintaining good credit um, and things like that. You know, I'm sure they all vary in terms of the specifics and ours is of course the best. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, But we do work hard to try to make it simple enough to understand, but realistic enough to be realistic and try to get them to learn how hard it how hard real life can be financially speaking. So, we'll just wrap up the show by maybe touching on some of the other learning objectives, you know, sort of table by table or or um area by area, you know, we talked about transportation, housing, mortgage, um but one of the things we touched on earlier, which I want to spend another few minutes on, is managing debt. And then maybe we'll wrap it up by talking about savings for retirement or savings in general. Um, we try, like we, we did touch on this earlier, but we, we do try, and we talked about it with TJ, who was nice enough to join us from Marshfield High. We try to impress upon the students the importance of controlling debt. Sometimes debt is unavoidable and, and not all debt is like bad debt, right? Like most people can't pay for their home with cash. Most right. people will need a mortgage. That's not a bad debt. That's a necessary debt. 
Um, most people, not all people will pay cash for a car. A lot of people will need a car loan. Mortgages, car loans, these are examples of what I would call like- Accept- an Acceptable debt. Acceptable or necessary debt, generally speaking, low interest rate debt. There are other, and also I guess we'll group in with that student loan debt, where it's often a necessary debt, but, and, and generally speaking, a lower interest rate debt, depending on if it's federally, uh, it's a, if it's a federal loan or, or a private loan. But that's an the, example. Yeah. That's, there, the, that's the, kind of a the gray amount, line. The amount is very debatable. Right. So yeah. that one kind of straddles the line, I think, between a necessary debt and an unnecessary debt. And that, yes, depending on uh, desired career path, college will very likely be necessary for, for many people. Um, and and but but right but there there are lots of choices with regards to where someone can go to school and, and achieve that degree, and so student loan debt might be able to be controlled, right? So so we're trying to impress upon them controlling debt, um, and how important that is in your life, and how impactful a significant amount of debt can be in your life for a long time. Um, you know, an an example of unnecessary debt is credit card debt. Um, and, and again, we try to we try to talk to them about immediate gratification versus delayed gratification. What the responsible thing to do is, if for example you want to buy a new um, uh, couch or a you want to go on a trip or you know something that's more like a discretionary expense, the difference between immediate grat- gratification, buying it now even if I don't have the cash, using debt to purchase it, paying interest and having that impact your life for a long time versus the, the, the more responsible way to buy something like that is to save your money, pay for it with cash, delay your gratification a little bit, don't accrue debt um, because, you know, credit cards, you know, they might have like an introductory period of no interest rate, but then guess what happens? Then you're paying 20% and then you might, you know, then you have a really hard time it's really hard to pay a debt down that has a that has a significant that has a very high interest rate. Ooh, that brings up another good question, or at least I, question that I have. If we have our uh, our credit counseling show is, you know, because then you can have like you know you can transfer a balance you know to another zero percent card, and you know you can, some people kind of play that game. I don't know how that affects your credit score. Like if you keep doing that, you know, oh, yeah, or or, or how long you can do that yeah. uh, before it finally catches up with you. Right. I'm so not sure how that works. You have the better memory than I do, so you should remember to let Mary Beth know that we we would like to have a credit. I can email her right now. That'd be perfect, and um, we need to find. You know, I know we know lots of mortgage. I know there people, are but there are places around that, that do that. Yep, I think I know, I know a place. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. So stay tuned. Um, all right. So at this year's money fair, in the past we've had a student loan table that they have to visit and pick out of a jar. You're randomly assigned an amount of student loan debt, but we retitled it this year to just managing debt. And they're going to be picking out of a jar, probably based on their level of income, like like the students who go into uh, go into law, and you know maybe their income at twenty five is higher than someone who goes into a different occupation. They might have to pick the higher income earners will have to pick out of a jar that might have a higher amount of debt, and vice versa. And so it's not just student loan debt; it might be credit card debt, it might be personal loan, it might be a loan from a furniture store, you know, something like that to make it more broad reaching. 
All right, and sort of the last, maybe the last, well, depending on how much uh, time we have left, I think the last really big concept I wanted to go over was uh, savings for retirement. This is what we do every day, and we're, of course, very passionate about it. But it's really, really important for students to understand why they should start saving early, even if retirement is such a foreign concept at age 22, 25, whatever. We did that little exercise earlier yeah, in the show. Yeah, I was going to say, we talked about the compounding. Compounding yeah, is, yeah. Compounding interest and how powerful that is. We actually force the students to save something for retirement. I think in the past, we've allowed them to say 0% retirement contribution, um, but we're going to force them to uh, do it, I think, minimum 5%. So generally, their their range will be like 5 to 15%. Um, and... Uh, so we we were trying to force that in the fair, which will hopefully impress upon them that they should be that they should be doing that in real life. Well, to take a quick break, and we're going to go to our caller. We have Chris from Marshfield. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. What, what, I love your show, by the way. I just started uh, working previously on Saturdays, and I put it on, and uh, it's actually quite interesting, and it's opened up my eyes to a lot of things. Thank I you. I just had a question because um, you're welcome. I, I missed a lot of the beginning because I'm in and out of the truck. Okay. And I have a daughter who's 16. Is there a, is there an age requirement to go to this fair? And um, she's a sophomore, but she's 16. And when is it? Okay, so this uh, the fair currently is offered to all Marshfield High seniors. Oh. This has evolved a little bit, but is, but assuming she's at Marshfield High, she would go through this fair when she's a senior. Oh, I see. Okay, because it's just bringing up a lot of things that I think would be really good for her to understand now as she's just starting to work and understand about money. And uh, the sooner she learned about it, the better. Yeah. I was just hoping that uh, it was open to, uh, you know, uh, uh, younger students and um, just didn't know when it was. So it's seniors only then. Well, it it is currently. In the past, Chris, we had it. The, the, the problem, well, sort of the problem is, or the issue is, we have to be able to get all of the students that attend the fair to have some sort of a preview or some sort of education in the classroom before they come to the fair. So in the, in the past, we, we said, okay, any student enrolled in a business class can come to the fair because, and then the business teachers would do some like preliminary education on these topics with, from what I understand at Marshfield High, every senior has the requirement that they have to take the government and economics class. And so that that requirement, that that was a blanket requirement for all seniors, allowed us to cooperate with the government and economics teachers because every senior has that class. And so every senior will have some preliminary education for the fair. To my knowledge, there's not like a class that all juniors have to take. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So we yeah. Ha- I just didn't know if it was, yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, Go so uh, the good news for your daughter is that she will... Um, be, she will get to go to the fair when she's a senior, and the bad news is that she has to wait a couple of years, and I apologize for that. That's okay. I was just—I didn't know if there was anything. If you guys had any smaller workshop for younger the students that might be interested in and in trying to, you know, maybe get ahead of the game a little yeah. bit more so. That's you know, a, that it might just—it might, it might just yeah. help them to understand what they're going to be in for. Yeah. So that when they are seniors, they're a little bit better prepared. Like. Absolutely. Well, not a, obviously, not on a, as big a scale, but right. just something that I can maybe even attend with her and be like, "Look, this is what you need to do. These people know what they're talking yeah. about." And, you're gonna, <laughs> and I think that yeah. I think that they'll actually, they, you know, they would. They, I think the 
account might actually not be too bad. I, you know, I'm glad you actually called in and said that because I have, I love that. I love doing this. I have actually thought about approaching like Furnace Brook Middle School and talking to them about maybe offering something for eighth graders and like a really skinny down simplified version of this for eighth graders because they're of an age where they might start getting part-time jobs if they don't have one already or babysitting or you know and starting to learn responsible money behavior at that age I don't think is too young as long as it's a very simplistic version of it I just I've I've thought of that and I haven't um followed through on that yet but maybe this call will be like you know light the fire a little bit and and get going with that um right yeah it'd just be good for the kids to just understand like i heard you say you know what it what entails like how much your cell phone payment is a month and what what parents actually do spend on their kids right quite a bit you know right i I just Go to me sitting down and showing them exactly what, you know, I want to show them what, you know, exactly what I make and this, that, and the other thing, but you kids are expensive. And I, <laughs> I know. I <laughs> understand that and have a little more appreciation for what your parents do, do. Absolutely. So. I, I thank you for your time, though. I mean, uh, You're welcome. I got to get running, but okay. it's a great show. You're thank welcome, Chris. Thank you so Chris. much. Thank you for thank saying you. that. Okay, Thanks bye. for the call. Take care. Right. Um, I'm glad he, that was a great call. I'm glad he called in, but I always, you know, we segued a little bit and talked about it with TJ, but like we always... Being parents ourselves, I think, is part of the reason for that. But we always try to uh, insert a small comment or something about, you know, gratification for what your parents do to you. I mean, we don't know everyone's financial situation, but I'm assuming 90 plus percent of the kids going through this fair, their parents are paying for pretty much everything in their life. And, you know, and probably and um, and and I, I think that many kids don't well they they know that but they don't understand the 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 significance of that the amount of money and they might not uh, have the gratification that they could or they yeah. should or yeah. so yeah so well I'm glad he said that I have actually thought um, I have thought about doing a simplified version for younger kids I think that would be really fun and, um, you know, we'd have to think about how we really simplify it for like if we did it for eighth graders, for example. But um, maybe this will, that was a good call. It's nice to hear that from a parent and he doesn't, and he would appreciate the kids learning something. But I think, I think like seventh, eighth grade would actually be good because in eighth grade, you're like 13, 14, right? So that's around the age where yeah. you could start getting a part-time job or babysitting or mowing lawns and stuff like that. And you're starting to have your own money. So that's a really good age to... Um, so I'll have to grab a, I'll have to get a contact at Furnacebrook Middle School and maybe reach out to them and see if maybe next year we could do like a really small version of it. And um, Mary Beth in the office will, she'll be very stressed out about that. She helps me coordinate the fair. And this is the first year that she's uh, sort of taken on the organization of the whole fair. And she, <laughs> she's doing awesome, but she's pretty stressed out. And if you're listening, Mary Beth, I thank you. You're doing amazing. Stop being so stressed out. It's going to, it's going to come together and be great. All right, so I just have a few more minutes. Um, just chatting about the Smart With Money Fair for Marshfield High. Right now, seniors, uh, Chris was a little disappointed that it wasn't for the younger kids, but we have to have those control factors, right? We have to have um, the cooperation with uh, with the school and they have to give the kids a little bit of exposure to the some, fair in advance. Some prereqs. So, yeah, yeah, so that's just the way it's currently structured. Um, we were talking before Chris called about 
we're forcing the students to visit the retirement savings table. They're, they actually have to visit every table, but at retirement savings, we are they're, they're forced to save something. forcing them to save something. Their minimum contribution to a retirement account is 5% of their gross monthly income, monthly. Um, they can elect to put more than that if they can afford it, if they want to. And we will encourage them to. Yeah. And so um, they're going to, you know, choices at that table will be how much from my paycheck should I save in this retirement account? What is a retirement account? They have to visit the accounting table where they learn about some of, they learn about taxes in general, what, what that means, but they also learn a little bit about, hey, if you put money into a retirement account, it actually lowers your taxes depending on the type and, and it actually gives you more money to spend monthly. So we make them go through that exercise of if they're putting money into a retirement account, they actually get to add money into their budget. They can spend a little bit more because they reduce their taxes. So we make them go through that. And that's something that some of them might not understand, but some of them might. And that's pretty cool. That's pretty powerful. And are we are um, we offering the Roth this year? We are. We're offering the Roth. They're going to learn about their options regarding a deductible contributions and Roth contributions. They're going to learn about the pros and cons. And this year, we're also allowing them to choose an aggress- a high risk, high potential return portfolio and a lower risk, lower potential return portfolio. So very, very simple education in that regard. But in the real life, they're going to have choices. Yep. How do you want to invest your money? And then do we do some math at some point based on what they select as yeah. far as what their future dollars might be? Um, that- yes, sort of. At the very end, they go through financial advising at the end. Somebody you know, helps them sort of digest everything and then they go through their little interview. So at the very end, they're, we're going to eyeball their, the contribution percentage that they selected for retirement. And then we couple that with what portfolio did you select? And then we give them like a little report. It's it's sort of broad. It, we don't tailor it to them exactly. That would take forever in the calculations, but it's very broad. Like if you put 20% into your Roth and you selected the aggressive portfolio, congratulations, you can retire at 60 versus someone who put 5% in their traditional IRA and chose the moderate risk portfolio, congratulations, you can retire at 70. Something like that. So like impressing upon them that those choices had a long-term impact. Um, But, you know, another, you know, we talked about the, you know, the power of compounding earlier. And that's one thing that you can kind of, that's kind of built into that analysis. But, you know, another, another principle is, you know, being conservative versus versus being aggressive with your investments. And if, you know, maybe if we showed them two different end numbers, depending on which one they pick and yeah. here's what you could have had or here's what you, you know, yeah, depending I, on which way you go. Maybe you can help me with this. What I was thinking, I need to develop some sort of a visual to help the students understand. Because if you just say, pick the high risk portfolio, you're going to earn the most money over time. Not guaranteed, but likely you'll earn the most money over time versus this other lower risk portfolio where your earnings potentials are lower. They would just pick the higher one because you're going to make more money, but they have to understand what that means and that there'll be periods of time when you might be down 30 or 40% in that account and you have to be okay with that and that's normal. So I need to come up with some sort of a visual to say high risk, high potential return, but here are some of the crappy years, right? And here's what you need to be able to um, I need to come up with a visual for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they send, okay, well, there there are pros and cons. It's not just as simple as 
high risk, I'm going to make the most money, most likely, it's there's more to be considered. So I need to sim- somehow simplify that. I have a week and a half to do it, so I should be able to come up with that, no problem. Along <laughs> <laughs> all the other stuff we got to do for the fair. Um, but yeah, that's, we, we, we um, you know, that's real life too. When, when you, you get a job and hopefully there's a 401k offered through your employer and you're going to have to select how much do I want to defer from my paycheck? How do I want to invest my money? There's defaults now in terms of the target date funds that it will default to, but you know, there'll be choices that they have to make and that's real life. And, and um, you know, having a little bit of exposure to that is a really good thing. Okay. So good. Smart with money fair coming up here, Marshfield high seniors. We're super excited about it. I want to thank, we have so many people from the community that have stepped up to help us. I know I'm going to forget someone, but Coastal Heritage Bank is sending a bunch of volunteers. South Shore Bank, same thing. Um, Jeremy Devaney and Ferry Independent Mortgage has been very helpful in this year and in past years. Um, all of our coworkers at McNamara, there's even family members of our coworkers at McNamara. We have some clients that have volunteered to help. And, you know, these these. These Any insurance, volunteers insurance are, this year? I'm sorry. Thank you. Joe Powers, Rogers and Gray Insurance is coming. He's been very helpful in past years and this year as well. Um, and I apologize profusely if I'm forgetting someone, but the community has been really supportive. These people are giving up a day of work and driving to Quincy and back in traffic. And uh, we so appreciate it. And so we're going to be on again tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, seven thirty. Here, McNamara so, on Monday, seven thirty a.m. A tape, a tape show of some sort, but it'll show. be a surprise. Right, <laughs> I think it was last week's pre-recorded. Yeah. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. Uh, joined this morning by my husband Kirk Reed. You can find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com. Have a great weekend, everyone. Survive the storm. Take care. Bye bye.